There are 100,000 miles of blood vessels in the brain, more than four times the distance around the equator, which is around 24,900 miles. Try wrapping your head around that. This is Check. I'm Carmen Pond. Here's what I'm following. The FDA has given their employees the green light to continue hybrid work in January 2023. The decision comes after a six-month trial known as the Workplace Flexibilities Pilot. A spokesperson for the FDA said this approach was, in part, to help the FDA recruit and retain the best talent. The FDA will update this approach based on what works for agency employees and other stakeholders. For two years, Dr. Anthony Fauci has been at the center of the COVID-19 pandemic in America. At the White House on Tuesday, Dr. Fauci gave his final public briefing on COVID-19 as President Biden's top White House chief medical advisor. He plans to retire from the government after 50 years, starting in December. His retirement comes as respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV, continues to surge, and severe flu symptoms are forecast to sweep across America this winter. And my colleague Alice Miranda Olstein is here to talk with me about her exclusive story about the new legal strategy being used by abortion opponents. Hi, Alice. It's great to have you back on the podcast. How are you? Doing well. Thanks so much. So you've been working so hard covering the debate on abortion around the country. And today you're out with a story that is very interesting and a bit unexpected. Um, Anti-abortion groups plan to use environmental laws to block abortion access. Um, Can you explain that for us? Yeah. So the, the context is that using pills to terminate a pregnancy early in the first 10 weeks has become the most common method of abortion in the United States. And so even as these groups have, you know, spent decades working to overturn Roe versus Wade, which happened this year, they've been working to shut down abortion clinics, um, going after people's use of the pills, which has only increased in recent years, um, has been a lot harder for them. And so this is a new strategy they are using to try to block people's access to abortion pills, which currently can be prescribed via telemedicine and sent to someone's home. Um, even uh, so, a lot of states have attempted to impose uh, restrictions on that practice, but it is very hard to enforce because it's the internet and it's the mail. So these groups are petitioning the FDA and trying to argue that when someone takes these pills at home and has an abortion at home, that the product of that should be considered medical waste and they shouldn't be allowed to just flush it down the toilet, which is the normal practice right now. They say it should be, you know, put in a medical waste bag and returned to the doctor who prescribed the pills. Obviously, that would be very hard in practice. It would be nearly impossible based on, you know, sources I've talked to about this. And so it it would really be a way to restrict the use of the pills at all. So the petition to the FDA is just one part of their strategy. They're also working with state and federal lawmakers around the country to develop legislation in the coming year based on this argument about uh, the impact on wastewater. Uh, They're also working with state attorneys general to see if they can bring any actions around this. Um, So it's really something to watch in in the coming months. 
What do they say the impact of the medical abortion um, processes on on wastewater? Like, are they are they claiming that it's toxic in some ways? And what what are the arguments about that? So there, they don't have uh, concrete evidence that there's a problem. And one of the things they're asking for is they're asking for more research into this. They, they've been filing FOIA requests with, um, you know, municipal and, and state um, wastewater regulators um, and have found that they don't test for this currently. And so they're, they're asking them to test for this. They're saying, hey, you started testing for COVID uh, in wastewater. Why not this also? Um, so we'll see if that goes anywhere. But that is to say, they don't know that this is a problem. They're just raising the argument that it might be and citing potential impacts on wildlife, on livestock, on things related to wastewater and groundwater. Just to be sure, there have been issues raised in the past with the impact of wastewater that contains sort of like traces of any type of medicine on the environment, right? So that is sort of like an issue in itself. But here, is it just being used in a novel way or in a, in a way that it's taken to the extreme? You make a good point that, you know, the impact of pharmaceuticals in the environment is a real thing. And there is real data on other kinds of drugs. Um, but I think it's notable that this is not coming from environmental groups. Um, and this is this is coming from anti-abortion groups that have been, you know, campaigning against the use of these pills for a long time. And so, you know, they are asking for more data and research. I, if if they were to obtain it, I would be fascinated to see what it was. But as of right now, that doesn't exist. And I understand from your story that uh, the groups are trying to get the FDA involved in this. How how exactly are they going about that? So they're using what's called a citizen's petition. And these are used by lots of different groups, including on both sides of the abortion fight. Um, it was used around the issue of allowing emergency contraception plan B to be sold over the counter. It was, it's been used on other aspects related to medication, abortion, abortion pills. Um, so it's a really common tactic and it has led to policy changes in the past. Um, I don't see the current Biden administration, FDA, uh, siding with these groups on this argument, but in a future presidential administration, you know, you never know. So in my piece, I wanted to highlight that this is an area these groups are exploring um, and a strategy to watch going forward. And you, you talk to abortion supporters about their reaction to this, to this strategy. What, what did they tell you? Yeah, so I, I talked to abortion rights advocates as well as legal experts who, who study uh, abortion law. And, you know, while they view these claims as, you know, words used in the interviews ranged from asinine to, you know, ludicrous, um, all, all kinds of things, you know, they noted that, um, you know, with, with federal courts um, being full of very conservative judges right now, it's not impossible that this finds traction somewhere in, in the years ahead. And so um, while they are sort of dismissing the claims being made, they're not dismissing that this could have an impact in the U.S. And did you, did you get a sense of what other um, sort of like tactics um, the anti-abortion groups have planned 
Yeah, like I said, um, you know, related to this, they're working at both the state and federal level. And what's interesting to me is there's there's definitely a sort of public relations component of this. They are trying to change the way people think about using abortion pills and abortions earlier in pregnancy. Um, I think it's interesting that this comes, like I said, at a time when abortion pills have become the most common method of abortion. It comes right after an election where people voted overwhelmingly in, in many places against restrictions on abortion and for more protections for the procedure. And so it, it's also sort of a hearts and minds campaign. Um, they are planning to go on a tour of college campuses, raising these wastewater concerns concerns um, and, and trying to make people think about them more. And, you know, some of the experts I talked to said, even if their legal claims don't go anywhere, um, those rhetorical claims could have an impact on public opinion. That's fascinating. We will definitely continue watching your reporting on this. Thank you so much, Alice. Thanks, Carmen. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah and Annie Reese are our producers. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Carmen Pond. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.